0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Kids Media Club podcast. I'm Andy Williams.
1: Uh, and I'm Joe
0: Redfern and we're going to have some
1: festive fun today. Uh, and we have as our recurring guest, the lovely Emily, who uh, we've devolved naming rights for this episode of the podcast to. So uh, off you go, Emily.
2: Yes, everybody. Welcome to the Kids Media Club Christmas Palooza. Uh, this, <laughs> this week, we are talking all things Christmas in the spirit of the season. Um, and I have a Christmas rant that I can just go on straight away because did anyone else notice that Netflix have a Christmas problem? And when I say problem, I mean like addiction, like needing to recover from the problem, kind of a problem. They are obsessed with Christmas content. They are constantly commissioning Christmas movies. They are constantly commissioning Christmas specials. Um, it's just it's 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 evident all over their kids content. Uh, has anyone else noticed that or is that just me because I'm always looking at Netflix?
1: <laughs> I must admit I have noticed it. Um, I've also, um, this year actually been trying to indulge uh, cheesy Christmas movies a little bit more. Um, and I saw one and I'm just frantically looking it up. It was about, um, I think, is it, is it a Christmas gift for Daisy?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a, well, there was a Christmas David as well. Christmas for David uh, there is a ton of Christmas movies on Netflix um it's it's obscene and also like the specials I would always say to anybody who's thinking about pitching a series to to Netflix do consider pitching a Christmas episode because they just seem to be crazy about Christmas yeah. I don't know like and I mean suppose for of who work in kids you know Christmas I mean I, I don't have you guys ever done the thing where over the summer you have no no new content to run on your channel, and you just run Christmas in the summer, and then it rates.
0: Yeah, I mean, let let me paint a picture of kind of. So when I in in the TV room, there's often my daughter and my wife are just kind of going. They've binged all of the Christmas movies, so holiday, um, the Lindsay Lohan special. Oh, um, that's a shocker. Yeah, I mean, and. And I think one of the reasons that there is that addiction is that it's quite easy to, to get a Christmas movie that works. It doesn't need to be great. Um, in a way, it's a surprise if it's a good movie. Uh, it's, it, they've, kind of, they've almost worked too hard. They didn't need to work that hard because there's a lot of ingredients that if you have that in the movie, it will kind of work. People will watch it.
1: I think there's, like, a, give my- there's a high degree of tolerance, isn't there, <laughs> in Christmas movies, TV movies. Almost, it's it's the Christmas jumper effect, isn't it? Almost, <laughs> the, the worse it is, the better it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Well, so I have, a, I have a completely unsubstantiated pitch for a streaming service for you both. Christmas Plus. Yes! Right. Like you take all of the Christmas movies, you bundle them into a niche service. I think you'll probably find that you have Christmas fans a bit like you have Disney fans. Right. People That's who just you, love Christmas doubt. all year round. Sure. who are happy to watch yeah. those movies. There's, That's lot um, there's there's of a lovely...
0: genius idea for a channel. Um, <laughs> yeah. It almost reminds me a bit of when I worked in Nickelodeon and they did Peppa Pig Month for a month. Just yeah. just pepper pig. So Nick Jr. was just pepper pig for it a while. It was wall
1: to wall pepper pig, wasn't and, it? I remember that and it key. really
0: rated. Um
2: yeah. it did. It's late it's late Disney. Yeah. We were annoyed at that.
1: <laughs> and you and you know what? In the Cotswolds, there's a shop called the Christmas shop that is open all year round and there is never not a queue outside it. It's
2: yeah.
1: all year round. So there you go. That's
2: becoming more and more common as well. Like you see those I remember there used to be a fabled one in New York and then You've seen them popping up in like various places, not everywhere, but enough to obviously be sustaining a business. I think there's legs in Christmas Plus as as a streaming service.
1: Um... <laughs> I think I do too. I'd be. Well, I mean there 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 are internet radio stations kind of that are Christmas radio all year round. You know, I do sometimes dip in in the summer. And when I have that little kind of pang for Christmas, I put a Christmas radio station back on and listen to a bit of. Bing Crosby, so there you go. Maybe we should set it up as a fast channel. <laughs> oh yeah, make it a fast channel, that's so hot right now. Um, I mean, without the due
2: diligence of obviously the rights and all that boring stuff, but I, I seriously think there's legs in Christmas Plus or a Christmas
0: Fast Channel. <laughs> It'll be watched in this household, that channel.
1: I've written that down, Christmas Plus. I think that might have to be uh, a side hustle <laughs> for the A next. side hustle, awesome. Well, listen, you two sound like you're going to
2: do pretty well at this Christmas quiz that I've put together because it sounds like you do have some knowledge of the back catalogue of Netflix Christmas films. So I am going to pitch you films. and you to tell me if these are real titles or not. Who wants okay. to go first?
0: <laughs> I'll go first.
2: Okay. Andy. Okay. Kicking off. First, I'm sorry. Let me. I need to get. I need to get this. I need to get the. I need to be doing it. I need to be getting it right. Um, Christmas inheritance. Is it real or not? Real. Yeah. A cradle <laughs> for Christmas. A what? Sorry. A cradle for Christmas. <gasps> real. No. Uh, Christmas catch, Andy. Real. Yeah. Well
1: done. Uh, Christmas crunch, Joe. That sounds like some kind of fitness regime to get rid of your, your post Christmas belly. Um, real? No, sorry, Joe. <laughs> a Christmas, Christmas with a Prince, Andy.
0: Oh, that's got to be real.
1: Yeah, Christmas with a view, Joe. <laughs> I'm going to keep going real. It's going to happen at some point. Yeah, oh. correct. Uh, grumpy Christmas, Andy.
0: I think that's false, or that I just don't have to. I haven't, haven't come across it wrong
2: uh, Rudolph Christmas Joe mm, real wrong <laughs> uh, my dad's Christmas date Andy
0: false
1: wrong oh. uh, a creepy, creepy cabin Joe oh that's real <laughs> no
2: that's my pitch <laughs> Uh Colorado Christmas, Andy.
0: Uh, real.
1: No. No. Uh, falling for Christmas, Joe. Falling for Christmas, oh, that's real. Yeah, correct. Uh, Christmas made me do it, Andy. <laughs> that's my excuse. Of course. Okay. Correct. Uh, Christmas cheer, Joe. Oh, that sounds like a viable title, yes. No. <laughs> Uh, Christmas Crossfire, Auntie.
0: <laughs> True.
1: Correct. And finally, Joe, the elf that Christmas forgot. Oh, I want that to be a real movie. Well, you better pitch it because it's not real yet. So you got it wrong.
0: <laughs> That's brilliant. And and I think we should say that those Christmas titles that haven't been taken, um, I mean, they'd make great movies, all of them.
1: You know what, that just gave me uh, a very topical idea. Given all of this fuss around uh, chat GPT and AI, we need to feed those titles into chat GPT and have it write a synopsis (laughs) for each one of those (laughs) movies. I want to see Christmas made me do it first.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: So, Andy, I am pleased to uh, announce you as the Kids Media Club Christmas Palooza Quiz. Winner Fantastic. with five out of eight. And Joe, you got three out of eight. So Aww. there's no need for the tiebreaker question that I've
0: prepared. <laughs> right. Amazing. I'm, I'm amazingly happy about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love winning a quiz.
2: <laughs> awesome, awesome so I, I feel that because I didn't want to I didn't want to talk too much in detail about, about Netflix at Christmas before we'd done that because I don't want to give too much away you know the consummate quiz master professional that I am but have you guys watched any what what, what Christmas movies have you watched um you mentioned a few I mean Claus. I know Joe is a favorite of yours oh, love have you it.
1: seen Scrooge I mean there's, they're, they're just coming in thick and fast right now um, <clears throat> Scrooge is on the list to watch actually in the next couple of days, um, seeing how well that's doing in the rankings. Yeah, I, visit, I revisited Klaus Klaus, um, which I think is just. They nailed it with their first in house animated movie um, with Klaus. I love it. I think it's so beautifully done. Um, I even. So every year I have to watch Polar Express as well, because, you know all-time fave but I actually went to Klaus before Polo Express which is the first time I've done that so I do think it's cemented its place as a Christmas favourite actually in my heart I do love it how do you what do you think about Klaus Andy I know you
0: you, yeah I love Klaus and in a way we've talked before about what makes a distinctive Netflix movie or series and actually I felt that did feel like it was different from some of the other animated movies that are out there and they were kind of forging a, a kind of distinctive tone of voice really, which some of the, some of the subsequent uh, animated movies I felt didn't necessarily kind of have such a strong sort of point of view and kind of brand mm-hmm. really around them. I know I love Klaus, I think it's great. It's kind of, it, it feels like it's familiar, but still very clever and, and different. And different. Yeah. There's, there's somebody when I worked to Disney, there's somebody that he's his note on everything would be. I think we can be cleverer than that. And, and my response was often that no, I've reached the limit of how clever I could be. That is clever as I can be. Um, but Netflix stuff does feel like it's something familiar. And then they've been a bit cleverer with it. And it's uh, mm. a bit smarter.
2: Well, you know, the story goes, uh, they say, that um, Sergio Pablos actually had to pitch Claws three times to Netflix. Really? Uh, but obviously his his background is amazing. He, you know, he kind of developed minions. Um, you know, he's got that, that visual look of character that he can do is just really striking. And the rumour goes that they commissioned it because it was a Christmas movie and they're obsessed with Christmas, not because they were, at the time, entering into... Um, into kids animated originals in such kind of anger as they had done, a- they, they, they then did afterwards.
0: Um,
2: so, yeah, it's a funny one clause. I think it's, you know, the, it's, it's history and it's background and, you know, maybe there was a reason that it, it, it you know, the, 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 viewership of it, like it was definitely one of the early ones that popped or at least was publicly released to have popped in terms of animated movies. So, you know, the, it kind of caught them off guard you know, those kind of, those rewatchable Christmas movies are just so so valuable, and I'd and I would you know I would think like you know in, in an SVOD setting that access they're going to be rewatched over the course of the year as well. Do you know what I mean? So, um, you know, with kids and stuff like that, it's not just for Christmas. Um, so I think that one's a really interesting one. Uh, I, I Scrooge, Scrooge, Scrooge is looking great. I'm halfway through it. Um, and yeah, the re- the the performance on the global top ten and all the trending top tens is fabulous, um, which I think is great. There seemed to have been a bit of a curse on the Netflix animated movies in the last few mm. weeks. You know, there'd been, My Father's Dragon was released. No, you know, no major kind of, um, no major indicators. Uh, Wendell and Wild, no major indicators. Mm. A couple of other smaller B list movies, but you know, like if Chicken Hair can do it, so you know, so can they. So. That had been a bit of a, there had been a bit of a curse going on in the Netflix animated movies, which Scrooge has come in and broken. So that's that's fab to and see. And
0: that's, that's been produced by uh, Axis Animation, who yeah, are uh, yeah. doing the animation for it. Yeah. Um, great Scottish, um, Scottish animation yeah. company. So uh,
2: it's nice to see that it's, that it's happening, that it's coming through. And it's funny, the kind of, like Joe, like you say, the traditions that, that come up, you know, at Christmas where you, you just want to watch the same movies that give you that feeling every
1: year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you you mentioned my my father's dragon, and I wrote some notes before we we came on here because I listened back to our prediction edition from February this year, which um, both at the same time feels like a moment ago and an age ago. Uh, and my father's dragon was uh, one of the movies that you called out early in twenty twenty two. Emily, as, uh, as one to watch, and you were talking about how uh, longer form animated content, kids and family movies, which have come up in several uh, editions of the podcast, how they were your your hope for uh, reinvigorating cinema this year. How do you think that's panned out?
2: <laughs> well,
1: if you'd asked me two months ago,
2: Joe, I might be in a bit more of a positive spot. I mean, it's been a difficult. It's been a difficult few months for animated movies at cinemas, or specifically for Disney. Mm. Um, obviously, uh, they launched Strange World, and the box office has been not great. I haven't seen it yet. Um, waiting for it to hit Disney Plus, like lots of people are. Um, I suppose hopefully, um, My Father's Dragon broke my heart that it didn't seem to do better for Netflix. So I think there was a question that kind of that probably emerged for me about, you know there's plenty of times that you're told it's a content problem or a programming problem, or is it a marketing problem? Right? Like, so I think, you know, I think my father's dragon was beautifully done. I thought it had lots of heart Um, I thought it was, you know, that kid appeal for it um, was, was, was stronger, you know, um, was, was strong. I thought it was, you know, worth watching. Um, timing, I can't say it was bad. I mean, how does programming even work in, in streaming these days? Mm-hmm. Like how does, you know, you kind of, it's that programming has become that visual merchandising, how much um, uh, how much real estate in uh, the interface is it getting, I guess. Is, is, that's what programming is all about these days. Um, and then the marketing is the third part. And I think that's something that's kind of emerging a little bit to ask, you know, how are, are, are Netflix marketing these titles when, you know, there was a run of, of, uh, animated movies which had been kind of hotly anticipated Wendell and Wilde um Richard Linklater's Apollo 10 and a half and none of them seemed to do anything all of them very you know undeniably creatively um you know advanced uh and 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 all of them seeming to kind of fall by the wayside which is a bit bit you know concerning so Oh, that's the worst worst time to ask me to revisit that prediction. Two months ago, I'd have been like, "It's gotta be great." <laughs> um, I still think it will be. I, I still think you know, the the engagement that movies drive, kids, family movies, animated movies specifically drive um, on a re, on a rewatch basis for streaming is is immense. Mm. Um, the theatrical thing, the theatrical window, and the question of whether that's needed or whether that's not, I think is we don't have a definitive answer. We're still watching. We're still get, gathering data on it. And, um, you know, so like, like let, let's wait and see. Um, but I, I still, I'm i very interested. I'm very interested to see how Glass Onion does on Netflix over Christmas, because that's the one they really, they did the limited light theatrical release, 600 oh. screens in the US, various screens across Europe. And um, I'm interested to see how that stacks up in, with the streaming audience. and. and what really? we can, what we can uh, extract in terms of learnings from that.
1: There was a, a lot of discussion as to whether they'd they'd undercooked it at the box office with the the theatrical release that they gave it, given it was quite light. Um, lots of commentators that I read seemingly dismayed that Netflix had left a lot of money on the table in terms of box office, but I I couldn't help but think that that was perhaps something they were willing to stand because you know we spoke about it many a time if you can create some buzz in the box office and maybe that kind of unsatisfied demand, is that going to give it a really good start on the platform?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, that's definitely, lots of people said that. I mean, it's, it's, the bottom line is what are Netflix objectives in doing it? And I don't think making money was, you know, what they needed to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think probably the performance of it is enough for them to go, huh? You know, to say you know for the next iteration to go. Okay, right. Well, maybe if this is you know this is satisfied, that is satisfied. You know, this is satisfied. You know, then then yeah, actually maybe we can go broader um, and to push the experiment further. But I think it met their objective, which was generating buzz for the film, generating oh. demand, okay. generating you know discussion, etc. I also
0: wonder whether the limited window in some ways kind of amplified that demand because. Because it made it seem both kind of special and it gave it a sense of occasion. Yeah. But at the same time, you were probably unlikely to be able to see it at the cinema, but somebody had. Do you know what I mean? It kind of made it, it it, it wetted your appetite to want to watch the film when it came on Netflix, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's FOMO is a powerful marketing tool, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, you, yeah. you can generate a bit of that. And, and um, given its really short window, Uh, theatrical, then if you can make that FOMO sustain through to it hitting Netflix on, I think it's the 23rd, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I I imagine it's going to pay dividends.
0: How's Pinocchio done on Netflix?
2: Haven't seen the results yet that they're coming out uh, later today, I think, for Pinocchio. I'm very excited to see how that one does. Um, I mean, that was, that one's beautiful too, like the the kind of the depth of character and, and its I, I saw somebody write that it's, you know, the anti-Disney, which, it, you know, it isn't. It, that's not a criticism on Disney. It's just they they, they, they yeah. do things one very particular way and doing things in a different way is totally. also valid and great. Um,
0: and, and I've got so. this theory that kind of Netflix does quite well with movies that zig when everyone else is zag or whichever way around it is. So when you were talking about um, Klaus before, I remember when that came out, having... Having them kind of put money behind a 2D hand-drawn animated movie felt like that was zigging when everyone else was going down the CGI animation route. And Pinocchio feels like it's benefited from following Disney's Pinocchio because it can then do a very different take on that. But in a way, it kind of it, you're more aware of it because of the Disney movie that came before it. And I meant the kind of the the recent Disney movie that they did, rather than the the classic. Uh,
2: yeah, no, the Disney released a, a Pinocchio kind of a, a month or two ago. Like, I I I would tend to agree with you, Andy. I just think they haven't got, they haven't nailed zigging consistently. So like they do zig, and sometimes they zig, and it's like mwah, like perfect. That was the perfect zig. Like can't believe you zigged that well. That was awesome. But then what happens is they or maybe they always zig and there's some of those shots don't pay off uh and then they start getting cold feet and they start kind of pulling back but I would agree with you when they kind of take things that are a little bit you know left field they take it far they go in a direction that's darker usually um you know that they can get things really right I, I would I would say the Wednesday series was was bang on in that you know it went quite far but it was still you know, I would say teen appropriate, young teen appropriate, you know, very interesting for them and captured their imagination, captured that engagement, you know, and I think they got that really right. If you would consider that series, it was an MGM series, so it could have gone to Amazon. Don't think Amazon would have been the right place for a teen series like that. Even if Disney had taken it, I think they would have. it would have been too soft and it needed to have edge and that's what made it right. And I also think, I personally think, open oh, to discussing it, that they got the edge right, you know, and, they, and, and when they get the edge right in something like Pinocchio, in something like Klaus, in Wednesday, uh, they get it really right, and and that's what makes it super appealing to every, you know, all of the audience, like just all of the audience just want to cover themselves in it. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think it, it, it's interesting Wednesday, and I haven't seen any of it yet, but I've been following it in terms of it's resonance across social media and how it's been doing on tiktok i mean it's done it spawned lots of um content on tiktok that kids are duetting with and they've got the dance on there i've seen all of the meme content that's happened in a lot of their um outdoor advertising which is really brilliant um so again yeah when they hit that edge and the marketing teams pick up on it as well they do nail it. Like you say, it's a little bit scattergun. It's not on target every single time. But I think with Wednesday, it's really, it, yeah, it's landed spot on.
0: And a fantastic yeah. Star Vehicle as well Wednesday. It's kind of, um, it's the kind of the power of the star, I think, yeah, on that show.
2: Yeah, Jenna, well, Jenna Ortega's been knocking around for it for ages. Like she's, yeah. She came up through Disney Channel, led a series there, has been knocking around Netflix for ages. Doing movies, like everything from yesterday to Babysitter Killer Queen, she did a stint in new, uh the series. Like she's you know, she's having a Zendaya moment. <laughs> she's you know what I mean? Like she's she's been knocking around for a while now, but she was just perfect for it. she just was so perfect in the role. So yeah, when they have that edge, when they get that
1: edge right, man, do they get it so so right. I think it, what's interesting to me as well, and we, we were saying before we started this, actually, why was Wednesday not um, released in October? um But <laughs> why now? But actually it feels, you know, kind of spookiness is back for kids in a big way, kind of tweens and teens. I think Stranger Things started something. I see it across Roblox. The horror genre on Roblox is huge for kids at the minute. You know, some of it, Quite quite dark and quite scary, some of it quite light touch, you know, kind of horror esque escape rooms. There's a great um experience on Roblox called Doors, which is basically opening doors, but actually, you know, it's um it, it's quite spooky. I don't know if you um if you've seen uh, given that Winnie the Pooh came out of copyright this year, um there's even a horror version of Winnie the Pooh oh, called no. Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey. Oh no. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I'm not sure if I can be down with that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I do think Wednesday has come along, um, you know, at, at the right time in terms of this um, kind of penchant for horror. And again, going back to our prediction edition, we missed horror in February. Yeah. Of the year. We were predicting space and sci-fi, Andy, you might remember. Um, don't really think that hit. But no, I,
0: I, I mean, I, I'm sure if I asked Buzz Lightyear if he thought if my <laughs> prediction was on target, he'd probably say not. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and they, even kind of the actually sci fi hasn't worked particularly well for Disney, even beyond Buzz. I mean, because the, their latest movie is kind of sci fi as well, isn't it really?
2: Yeah, I suppose it's hard for them because they're, you know, they are pulling in fans, people who are, you with know, with Star, with Star Wars and Marvel, they're pulling in. Yeah, you know, people who, who sh- there should be affinity there. Um, so yeah, that's a tricky one for them. Um, and I oh, do you know what? The, sorry, just jumping back to Glass Onion really quickly. Like that, one of the things that was exciting about that is it was not a sci-fi movie or a superhero movie mm. in cinema doing well. That was you know is an like an original. It's not a like well it's derivative. It's, it's part two of that of that fresh. Um, franchise but like that was what was interesting so i don't know we'll, we'll have to do a new prediction a new predictions edition in the new year joe
0: yeah, yeah. I, I, I think netflix have a real advantage on those genre movies that aren't sci-fi or kind of superhero movies um that they can build an audience for that that potentially they can get to go to the cinema as well um you can see how that the audience that will watch kind of a box set of Breaking Bad, you can see how you could start to introduce kind of movies that appeal to that audience and you might be able to motivate them to to go to the cinema to watch films in that kind of genre as well. And and Netflix feels like they're they're really well positioned on that.
2: Yeah, maybe that's a good, you know, I can see that being a prediction, you know, because uh, like Tarantino movies are probably one of the only things in that kind of, Yep. you know action crime genre that will get people to go out and spend money on, a, on on a cinema ticket so maybe there is an opportunity but also then like thinking derivative I mean if there was a stranger things movie would everybody go to the cinema like, mm-hmm. I think everybody would yeah, yeah. Be droves you know even if it wasn't a continuation of the story we know if it was you know a spin-off or whatever I think that would that could be yeah
0: that's a really thing. interesting way of looking at it you kind of you almost wonder whether it used to be that the movie would come out, and then you'd spin it off into a series. Mm. Maybe in a way, we're flipping that round, so the series is the thing that comes out, and then it's the movie is one of the things that it's spun off into.
1: And yeah, and and let's not forget gaming as well. And you know, Stranger Things did um, a Stranger Things. Watch Party on Roblox and, and built an experience on Roblox. And it did really, really well. You know, it was a one-hit thing. It's not anything that they've supported since, and it's, it's so it's tailed off. But actually, at the time, it, it really um, capitalised on that hunger for all things Stranger Things. And actually, kids who um, are on, were on Roblox were, were really motivated to go and actually watch some additional content on that platform as well.
2: Amazing yeah it can go the other way as well because you've got um the witcher the, you know the witcher is coming Is like they're re- releasing their derivative series this this christmas not yet appropriate i think um yeah yeah content i p can come from anywhere more and more and more it's it, it doesn't have to be one one space which is exciting
1: yeah um i i hear rumors of of um studios courting the makers of adopt me which is one of the biggest games on roblox uh, quite heavily so i would be really surprised if there wasn't some kind of spin off from adopt me that lands on one of the platforms in the not too distant future
0: that's another prediction yeah. we'll have to kind of come back to that and see <laughs> see how that stands up
1: yeah right i'm writing them
2: down <laughs> <laughs> keep us honest joe yeah yeah i think that's something you know and again like that's that kind of Roblox and, and those kind of game those kind of gaming platforms I feel are like I've said this before, they are where net where YouTube was ten years ago. Yep. And like now you're seeing YouTube content and, and IP that's derived from YouTube is such a standard it's nearly becoming standard, particularly you know, to, to to the fair uh on on streaming platforms and it's standing up there particularly for kids' content. You know, I've seen um, a new series from Pink Fong, the baby shark guys hitting mm-hmm. Netflix. Um Coco Melon we're still waiting for the original, you know, there's going to be the original series on that next year, like, Roblox and those kind of platforms are where YouTube was 10 years, ago. maybe not 10, maybe eight years ago, you know, where yeah. we're, we're, it's yet to, the big, the big crossovers yet to happen, but you feel like it's just there, and the deal yeah. is probably being done right now, and it will come out in the next year or two.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and the, and and talking of other crossovers as well, you know, again back in the prediction edition in February, we we were chatting with Tom Lee, and he was mentioning how Mr. Beast was mentioned quite frequently in the kids panels that he um, that he runs. Um, but who really could have predicted just how much bigger Mr. Beast was going to get in twenty twenty two, given that he's now the the biggest YouTuber on the planet? He's got uh, more subscribers then uh, I think PewDiePie he overtook. And actually, if you if you roll in his uh, local language channels, he's got upwards of 200 million subscribers across his platform, which mm. is huge to the extent that he's built his own production facility that would be the envy of a lot of studios. Uh, and just this week, he's doing a huge collab with Fortnite as they release their latest uh, kind of Fortnite creative um to onto their platform. And he's uh, this weekend giving away a million dollars in a Fortnite collaboration uh, game. That's open to everybody. Again, Mr. Beast is oh, not yeah. one for um, kind of placing barriers to his audience. Actually, this million dollars is up for grabs to anyone that plays, no special buy-in, no special powers or anything needed. Um, go. And again, you know, as a as a content creation powerhouse, it's a surprise that he hasn't landed on a Netflix or one of those other platforms yet, but you could argue, does he really need them?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the thing is, he's still in growth mode, right? Like this isn't yeah. just where he's got to and it's all capitulating. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it just get he get, kind of gets too big to fail then a little bit as well. You know, you have to, does he need Netflix? Mm, no. Well, I mean, I think it would, I think a streaming platform would probably open up a different audience for him, but you know, while he's in growth mode, you know, he needs to make sure that it works for him. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he's huge. It's, we're just living in his world.
0: <laughs> you you wonder would it would it work for Netflix to do like a Cocoa Melon deal with him? Uh, you know, the non exclusive. We'll just we'll just have your content on on the um, on the platform. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, that, uh, that's I kind of know what you mean. I mean, I've not. There's, I've seen a lot of talk about that over the years of like bringing, like particularly that teen, like it's one thing with preschool, right? Because there's yeah. kind of a reason for people to, to pivot platform, but with teen content, people have talked, I've seen, I've, I've talked about that a lot of times and then it's like, I've never, you know, I've never seen it come to fruition in a really powerful way.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, it's not to say it wouldn't, but you know, why would teens move platform? But you know, maybe if he gave them a reason to, yeah. they would, but then Netflix would even need to give him a massive check to do that, I think. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah, and I know what you mean. There's kind of there's an inherent community dimension to the stuff that you put on YouTube that you're just not going to get yeah. on Netflix. So it may feel a bit like you're experiencing something with one of the dimensions taken off.
1: Mm. Yeah. yeah, if you are on Netflix. Yeah, and he he's, he's so reactive to trends as well. You know, when Squid Games really popped with his audience, he recreated Squid Games, and it was up on his channel yeah. within a month. You know, so actually a lot of it is very reactive content, but then by nature that will date. So you know, I guess with Squid Game, Squid Game, you could stack his content together and put it on Netflix, but a lot of it is just kind of relating to things and events that are happening that are quite popular at that time and then which would date.
0: Maybe there's an event thing that they could do with Netflix, mm-hmm. yeah, a bit like the Sidemen did the, the football match. Maybe mm-hmm. that kind of is the type of thing that you could do more of a one-off.
1: Yeah, yeah, potentially. I mean, I think there's more to come from him. I think next year is going to be, uh, again, here's another prediction I'm writing down. Yeah, I think that there's going to be something else that Mr. Beast does, whether he, we've spoken about it before, if he takes his knowledge of building community and his audience into animation, that could be really interesting. Again, you know, could he go into movies? There's, there's something coming, I think, for Mr. Beast that's going to take him to the next level. Um, Either that or a massive scandal that brings him down. Oh, well, let's not predict that. <laughs>
2: Something big. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Real Christmas spirit there in me, hey? <laughs>
1: um, I've got a quick quiz for you two, but um, it's not festive. Um, I wrote some questions quickly. Um, just pop quiz before we uh, we wrap up. So what's the, name of, what's the name of SpongeBob's pet snail? Oh
2: no, I shouldn't know that. It's Nick, I don't know. I only do Netflix and Disney.
0: Yeah, I've got him, the name of the snail.
1: Oh, it's Gary! Oh no,
0: <laughs> that's Gary. That's awful.
1: That that was on the tip of my tongue. Uh, well, you both should know this one. What's the name of the fashion designer in The Incredibles? Oh, um... oh,
0: oh, what is yeah, that?
2: yeah? Oh, it's out there. Oh no! I know. Um, do we even do we even work in kids content? Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> I'm going to have my kids content badge taken away. Um, it's Edna Mode. Oh, no, of course it's Edna
1: Mode. Amazing. Oh. <laughs> My spirit animal. I love Edna Mode. Oh, uh, yeah. Right, how old is Elmo?
0: Six. Wow. I'm li- I'll, I'll let you take this one, Emily. Elmo. She just, <laughs>
2: she just shook her head at six, Andy, so it's a fair game. Any other number that you can think of? Four?
1: El- Elmo is three and a half three today and, and every other day. He's never anything oh. but three and a half, even when he oh. has his birthday, which is on February 3rd. Right. Uh, what's the name of the social media manager that made Duolingo into a TikTok sensation? I don't know, but I saw, I tagged you on her on LinkedIn and
2: you know her. She's very smart. I,
0: yeah, I, I don't know her name, but I know... I know who we're talking about, but I I can't remember her name.
2: Superstar called Zaria Parvez. I knew it began with a Z, and I didn't want to murder uh, an attempt at (laughs) trying to remember
1: (laughs) Right, last one multi choice. How many daily active users did Roblox have in Q3 this year? 44 million, 58 million, or 63 million?
0: 63. 63 million.
1: 58 million. (laughs) (laughs) 63.
2: We're off the podcast, Andy.
0: That's it. <laughs> I can't believe I just f- literally failed on everyone. <laughs> that-
1: uh, I'm <laughs> amazed. I'm amazed. I would not have had you guys getting
0: zero <laughs> on those. I know. can't believe I just... the, the Gary and Edna mode is the kind of... I wouldn't have, I, I'm completely fine <laughs> with, the, with the other ones.
1: Excuse me, coughing.
2: (laughs) I just think that kids' media has so many little niches that you can go down, and everyone has different little niches.
0: They know, but I I feel a bit like I'm that guy that's on the quiz show that I'm that I'm shouting at, going, "How can you not know the answer to that?" (laughs) Um, Yeah, I've become that guy.
1: Oh well, listen. Before we wrap up, we've made a couple of predictions that I've written down um, about Mr. Beast's Further meteoric rise or fall from grace. Um, we've got <laughs> Adopt Me content. We've got um, Christmas Plus, the uh, Christmas streaming service 24 Um Is there anything else that you're gonna stake your claim to for next year? Last year, we said, if you were to put a hundred quid on something, what would be your bet? Have you got mm-hmm. anything in mind? Just as- Netflix will go larger in theatrical. What was that? Sorry? Mm-hmm. Netflix will go
2: larger in theatrical. Yeah,
0: I think that's a good about.
2: Not large, but larger. Yeah. What about you, Andrew? Christmas made me Christmas. Christmas made me do it. Will be commissioned.
1: <laughs> I I I made this prediction on, um, on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago, but I am going to claim guinea pigs as being the next hot animal for animation. It's going
0: to be guinea pig. I don't have any hot takes. I've realised um, on predictions. Um, uh, I'd I'd agree with the going larger on theatrical for Netflix, but um, but yeah, beyond that, I'm not quite sure. Really, it's hard to hard to gauge. And guinea pigs. I, I, yeah, I don't. I'm not enough of an expert on guinea pigs, but uh, I can I can believe it. I was going to say one prediction. I Pixar are definitely going to get theatrical releases for their movies. Um, I think I think that phase of them just going straight to digital is going to come to an end. Ooh.
1: and is it going to be successful? Do you think it's going to? They're going to come back with a bang.
0: Yeah, my theory is that um, it's going to. There's it's going to swing um, Pixar's way, and that we might see a period where Disney animated movies don't do quite as well, on Pixar are more in ascendance.
1: Mm, I feel. I think that's a good bet. I think, I think the pendulum is due to swing back their way, as you say. <clears throat> Great. Well, we've got some good predictions there. Um, so I guess we could just, yeah, wrap up with saying uh, Merry Christmas to everybody who listens to the Kids Media Club podcast, and we'll be back for our. We'll be into our third year next year, Andy. That's Matt Amazing.
0: Amazing. You're nearly as old as Elmer <laughs> yes very good
1: happy christmas everyone
0: yeah merry christmas and yeah see you in the new year